and a very simple message I want to share with you this morning. Um, You might actually think, as I'm sharing this morning, I've heard this before, I've thought this before. It might seem like a very obvious message. Um, but I, I very strongly believe, I know this is true in my own faith in my life, that uh, there are constant times where many things continually come up that I struggle with. They're obvious to me. I know I should be living a certain way, yet I live differently, or I find myself at a certain point living differently, and then I'm reminded of this very simple thing, and I think, what have I been doing? And I'm hoping to do that this morning for you. Um, and I'm missing my uh, buttons to flick the PowerPoint. If someone could go grab them for me, I think it's uh, actually on the cafe counter there. Sorry. Anyways, I'm sorry, I'm just lost without it. So here we go, Ron. Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to to start this encouragement this morning by saying, you're fat, you're ugly, you're worthless, you're no good, you're incapable, you're insignificant, and you're nothing. It might sound funny, but does that sound familiar to any of you? I think there are... Well, I think it's all the time as we're watching movies, as we're watching TV, uh, we're, we're looking at these people on the television, aren't we? We see these people who are incredibly talented, they're incredibly wealthy, they're incredibly beautiful, and what do we think? We think, oh, man, I wish I was like them. I'm, I'm fat, look how thin that person is, or uh, man, I'm ugly, that guy's so handsome. <laughs> I don't actually think that, but... Um, uh, <laughs> Anyway, we compare ourselves to everyone around us, don't we? Our neighbors, we look down the street and we think, man, that guy's house is big. Oh, he has a nice car. His kids wear such nice clothes. We compare ourselves and we think so poorly about ourselves. Uh, As we're at work even, when we see people who are getting promotions or we see somebody who owns your big company and you feel like this small little ant who gets treated like garbage and you just feel like you're garbage, don't you? Um, It can even happen within our families. We look at our our brothers or our sisters' families, and oh, look at their beautiful kids, they're so successful, look at his career, look what he's done with his life, or even your parents. How many of us look at our parents and think, man, they're they just, they're incredible, they've achieved so much, I'll never be that. I want to ask, actually, if you've ever had these thoughts go through your head, this is part of being transparent, As a Christian family, I think God wants us to be transparent. Um, If you've ever had this go through your head, these thoughts of, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm worthless, I'm nothing, I can't do that. I wish I was like him. Maybe just, if you can, if you can be confident, be transparent, let's all stand together if you have ever had that cross your mind before. Everyone nervously as they look around, is anyone else going to stand up? Thank you. Okay, you can sit down. <laughs> I was really hoping more than one person was going to stand up. But you can see as you look around the room this morning, you're not alone. I know it sounds simple. 
You might already know that. But isn't it something to look around the room and to see all these people standing who are confessing, I have these terrible thoughts about myself sometimes. I think so poorly about myself. What I want to argue this morning, I don't want to argue this actually, but I want to share this morning. What I hope that I can uh, convict you of this morning is that these thoughts that we have in our life as we go through our weeks, uh, they actually have a profound impact on our faith. I would say they actually cripple our faith. And what I mean by that is they actually dictate, they determine our view of who we are. And I think that in turn plays a role. Obviously, if our faith is our life, if, it, if our life truly is uh, being lived out um, as a result of what our faith is, it has to have an effect on it. On our ability to do things, our confidence in our ability to do things. So if that's the voice you're hearing or that you hear sometimes, I want to share with you this morning a different voice. What I want you to hear is an alternate voice, and it's the voice of God in Scripture. I'm going to just read through a bunch of passages here, and I want you to, to, to look into these passages and see what is God saying about who I am in these passages. Genesis 1, to 31. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and subdue it. Sorry, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit and seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it. I give every green plant for food, and it was so. God saw that he had made what he had made, and he said that it was very good. And there was evening and morning the sixth day. Isaiah 49, 1-3 says, Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was even born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished sword and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. Matthew four, eighteen to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting the net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately left, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Matthew 9, 9-13. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. In Ephesians 2, 4-10, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us 
in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so what's God's voice saying in here? Throughout Scripture as we flip through, um, as I read through these and I, I reflect on my life, and who I am, as I read of, of the creation story or the creation account, as he creates man in his image, and he gives authority over every living, breathing thing. And he says, it is very good. I feel important. I feel known. As I read the story of Isaiah, this prophet who declares that even before he was born, even in his mother's womb, God called out his name. God had a purpose for him. And God made him a voice for his nation. He's known. He's loved. He's valuable. Speaking of valuable, as we turn into the New Testament, as we read of Jesus calling his disciples, what did we read in Matthew 4? We read of Jesus calling these two men who were in the sea fishing, right? They were fishermen. There's these two men and these other two men. They were all fishermen. Do you think that in their culture, their society, there's probably the opportunity for them to look around and see what other people are doing and think, man, I really haven't done that much. I'm not very significant. I'm just a fisherman. They probably weren't perceived by a lot of other people to be very successful, powerful, beautiful people. And Jesus chooses these men to be his instrument, to be his voice, to carry his message forward. The Son of God, God incarnate in flesh, came to earth with this message, with this mission. And who did he leave this message with? With some fishermen. I hear God saying that I'm able to do things. That I'm significant and that I'm somebody. I'm something As we read in Ephesians 2, 4 to 10, even while we were dead in our transgressions, I I know that in a powerful way, personally. I don't know where where you're at, but I know that in my life, I can think of myself being dead in my transgressions when I came to this realization that God loves me. And it was powerful. Even while we're dead in our transgressions, God made us alive with Christ. In Ephesians 2.10, at the very end of that passage, says that for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We are God's handiwork. Um, I hope that you, as we read through this, as I just share these passages with you, these are just a few of hundreds of passages that display God's view of, of us as his, as his creatures, as his uh, children, as his creation. Um, and these are all the things that I hear him saying to me. I hope you hear a different voice. What does it mean? Now what? What do I do now that I have or understand this view that God has of me? What, what does it really mean? We, I, I think we, probably most of us know this. Yeah, God, God loves us. God views us as this beautiful child. I believe the very first thing that we have to do the very thing that I struggle with often is trusting in God's view. I know God's view, but it's a different thing to trust in it, to really have faith that that is the way God sees me. Does that make sense? I think once we trust in God's view, once we really uh, believe God sees me 
as this person who is significant, important. He has a mission for me. He has a calling for me. I can do anything through Christ. Once we have that faith, we have that trust in his view, uh, I believe we need to look for opportunities to challenge ourselves, to do things that we don't think we're actually capable of doing. If we really have faith in God's view of us, then we need to be looking for ways that we can challenge ourselves. Ultimately, I think that leads to us serving other people. You know, I don't think God wants to... In Ephesians 2.10, as he says, we're God's workmanship. God is, is creating us in Christ Jesus. He's making us anew. He's molding us and he's shaping us. As he's doing that, I don't think he's doing that to make me a strong, powerful, beautiful person. I think that he's making me that way so that I can love others more, so I can serve others more, so that I can glorify him in this world more. And so I think it's important as I have faith in God's view of who I am. And for all of us, as we have faith in God's view of who we are, to look for opportunities to serve. And I just want to throw a plug in at this moment to, to let you guys know that in the coming weeks here, there's going to be opportunities uh, coming forward, a formal way for all of us to become more involved in serving uh, in our church family. And there are hundreds of little, small, different ways that people serve in our church every week. And every day, and we want to be a church that has our members uh, growing and serving each other and, and being involved. And I just want to, to let you know that so in the coming weeks you can be reflecting on that on your life and what you could possibly be doing to serve those in our church. And lastly, I think ultimately, as we look at the way that God views us, if I truly believe I am beautiful, that I am God's child, that I am capable of more, that I am capable of anything through the Spirit of God. Uh, what I believe that leads to is fulfilling our mission uh, as a church and as individuals. We've had this banner on our wall for years now, and Kelly's been talking about this a lot, hasn't he? To reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. He's, he's talking about it over and over and over again. And I don't know how many times you might think, I, I sometimes still think this, I think, oh, it's so hard. I don't know if I can do that. I just don't know if I can do it. Um, but one thing Kelly said earlier this fall, and I want to reiterate this because I believe, it, I believe it fully, I believe it wholeheartedly. His exact words were, you don't need to do anything in order to fulfill this mission. You don't need to do anything to be witnesses for Christ, but to open your heart and let God's Spirit work through you. It is the power of God that allows you to be a witness for Christ. And it's the power of God through us that allows us to reach the world for the Lord Jesus Christ one person at a time. But we have to have faith that we are capable of more, that we are more than a nobody. We're more than an ugly, fat, unsuccessful, insignificant person who's done nothing with their life. The way that God sees you, no matter where you are, is that you are incredibly magnificent. You are my masterpiece. I want to make you into something incredible. And we have faith in that. I believe we'll fulfill our mission. We also have a vision as a church, and it's not spoken of as quite as much, and I wanted to share it this morning. It's making biblical disciples in relational environments. If our mission as a church is to be somewhere, that's where we want to go. Our vision is going to be how we get there. And this is a very shortened version of our vision of how we want to get there, how we want to fulfill our mission, and that is to make biblical disciples in relational environments. And I also want to share this morning, I am part of a, a discipleship group 
that I hesitantly became a part of because I'm busy and I don't have time. Um, <laughs> and I went ahead and was part of this discipleship group. It's a 12-week group. And man, am I ever thankful I've been a part of it. After four weeks only of the 12 weeks, you know, the depth of, of detail I've been able to uh, soak in in how to disciple people. Uh, and I just share that this morning just so that you know as a congregation that you have everything at your disposal right, disposal right now as a church, as an individual in our church, uh, to learn how to fulfill this mission. We've got, a, we've got a structure, we've got a platform laid out. Everything's there. And most importantly, we have God's Spirit. We need to be open to let Him use us. We need to believe that we're capable of more and then let God's Spirit use us. Um, we're going to watch a video here in just one moment. Uh, before we watch it, it is a, a long video. Um, but I hope it's encouragement to you. After the video, I'm going to actually share a song that I wrote Basically, as I began, as I watched this video, um, mostly it, it led to this song. But um, like I've shared before, often when I'm, I'm thinking of a message I want to share with people, like a sermon, um, my heart instantly, uh, naturally just turns to song. Um, but I want to share that with you after we watch this video. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, that we're in essence His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a, a Picasso, you know? But I want to be a masterpiece. I want to be everything that God has created me to be. And so I go to Him in prayer and I say, God, do whatever it takes to, to get things out of my life that don't need to be there. Mold me into the image of Your Son so that I can be Your masterpiece. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah, you just said the person so here I am. That's how it works. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if you're God, then make it snow in here. You know what? If I made it snow in here, it'd get kind of yucky, and I really don't want to do that. See, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. Yes, I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if you're God... Who's going to win the World Series this year? You know what? I'm not so much into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. I gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <laughs> yep, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. okay. All right. Hey, yeah. um, what's this about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Oh, okay. All right. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Here we go. Step okay. right up. Here we go. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. How do you know what to chisel and what to leave? I take out all the things in your life that aren't out of me, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of that, could you chisel right in here? I just can't get rid of it. I mean, the other went away, but this, I mean, I've tried exercising, I've watched what I ate, I even did Pilates for a while, that was awkward. But if you could chisel, all I mean, right... Can I talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, talk, chisel, No, talk, no, 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 chisel. All right, most of my children just like to talk. Not me. Bring on the chisel. Here we go. All right. You have a lot of anger. Ow. Some pride. Ow. Compare yourself to others instead of me. Ow. You're lazy. <clears throat> but you pretend like you're really, really busy. You have a problem with lust. Okay. 
Time out. <laughs> I do not have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Um, maybe, maybe we could take a little time out. I mean, I think I'm doing pretty good. You are doing good, but when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay. Then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and others need to see my son. Here we go. Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, don't take this the wrong way. It's just that when I start looking more like your son, um, people get uncomfortable around me, you know? I mean, even my friends at church, they're all like, oh, you're holier than thou. Why won't you do that, you know? I mean, so what you're doing right now is you rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. I did not say that. That's what you meant. Yes, it is. It's hard to talk to you. I mean, you know everything I'm thinking. I'm just saying, you've done good work. Maybe we take a little break, a little time out, and we'll come back to right. it. What you're doing right now is so common. What you're doing right now is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control? Chisel? Control? No, no, chisel. chisel. Here we go. No, can, can we chisel where I want that? It's called control. Okay. You've been holding on to this for a long time. You ready for this? hurts me more than it hurts you. Ow! I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And there are the things in your life, you even think back to high school, that you've been doing that do not work in your life, but you go to these empty wells whenever you're hurting, whenever you're angry, whenever you're lonely and tired, but they do not work. Yeah. No, no, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking maybe your we could... not my thoughts. Oh, okay, but if we went another way... Your we ways could... are not my ways. Okay, well, look, I can't be good. You can't be good. I've made you good. Be good. Nothing. What is it? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just... God, I've let you down so many times. No. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand, and don't you forget that. In this relationship, I hold you up. away. All right. Just, just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because God, I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror. And it is this, this scared little kid who gets up every day and tries to dress like an adult and act like an adult. But I can't. So just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that aren't out of me. You think you're junk, don't you? You really, really, really think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't make junk. What does that say about me? How can I show you that my love for you has no boundaries? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. God. Yes? I was just saying, God, I'll do that right now. You were just saying my name in vain. 
You know what? It's it's a name. It's a saying. It's, it's more it's than a name. It's more than a saying. It's more than a bad habit. It's a name above all names. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? This is a page from from a journal I had when I was younger. How'd you get this? Hello. Oh yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie Holland. Other side. Sorry, I married her. I was there. Oh, oh yeah. Dear God, today I am turning everything over to you. I'm not going to hold on to anything anymore. Your word says that you will make me your masterpiece and use me to do great things. I don't see how it's possible, but I want that with all that I am. So please do whatever it takes to make me what you want. I love you, God. I love you too, Tommy. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. So this salvation that you hold. Don't let it be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And don't compare yourself to someone else because that is just trivial nonsense. You are my original masterpiece. You are one of my workmanship and you I find favor. This, don't look at this as a prison, but look at this as a, a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, it'll be tough. But you bought into the lie, thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. It's not how it works. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there, and I want you to say, "Tommy is God's original masterpiece." Tommy. No, 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 no. The way you see yourself, or you yearn so much for others to see you. But the way I see you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. So are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Uh, he said something near the beginning of that video. I just want to repeat before I uh, finish here. Uh, and that was, he said, I, cho I choose to chisel. And uh, my hope this morning is that that's your decision this morning. Or as you're going throughout this week, you can be reminded of that. And you can decide to chisel and say to yourself, I choose to allow God to continue working on me. To have belief and faith in that you're capable of more and to let God shape you and mold you into more. I also hope that you see that this is a battle we all struggle with. We all at different points in our life um, feel like nothing. And uh, I guess this song is just about that battle in my life. I look at myself and I see, I see nothing. 
Sometimes I look at my life and I think there's got to be something here. And I open my eyes and I see you there. You are beautiful, you are incredible, and I am yours, your child, your creation, and your beauty. So, so empty. When those times come, I, I feel so, so ugly. When I open my eyes, I see you there. You are beautiful. You are incredible. And I am yours, your child. Created 